You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the sixth Sunday after Pentecost, July 4th, 2021, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, rector at St. Thomas. Gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, the Apostle Paul is a complex character. Always brilliant, often opaque. Full of himself, yet filled with great humility. Filled with passion and righteous anger, yet tender and solicitous of the littlest ones. He crisscrossed the Mediterranean world constantly for almost 30 years when those journeys were so dangerous. And when he was under constant threat of arrest and persecution, with single-minded zeal to call together and to serve communities that gathered in the name of Christ. Because Paul saw that the Christ event was the beginning of a new world, a world groaning in labor, as he says in his letter to the Romans, as it gives birth to a new creation. That this was life-giving and life-changing, Paul never doubted. He had a profound mystical vision of this new world, a world that was, particularly given the time and place of his context, radically inclusive. There is neither Jew nor Greek, male or female, slave or free, but all are one in Christ Jesus, he says. All the hierarchies and the patriarchies, all the distinctions of race and class and gender and wealth and status, all that separates and polarizes and divides, all these human-made distinctions disappear as creation becomes one in Christ, who is the new archetypal human. This compelling vision, fired and inspired by the Holy Spirit, is also the product of an extraordinary human mind. And it's the human side of Paul I want to reflect on with you for a moment this morning. Because in Paul's humanity, we may get a glimpse into our own. Take, for example, what Greg read for us a few moments ago. It's part of what scholars call the fool's speech. Paul evidently has some opponents, some skeptics, some rivals in the Christian community, in the Corinthian community. And he's writing to the community now to establish his credibility, to establish his authority in the wake of this challenge. 
And to do that, he opens up his authentic self to them. Yes, he's experienced some ecstatic, mystical highs. He's clearly talking about himself, even though he's speaking in the third person when he talks about going to the third heaven. But to make sure he doesn't get too full of himself, to prevent him from boasting too much, and if you read Paul's letters at any length, you'll see he does an awful lot of boasting. It seems Paul's been given a thorn in the flesh to keep him from being too elated, he says, to keep him from being too full of himself. Now, what this thorn in the flesh is has been the subject of speculation for, oh, about 2,000 years. Maybe it's his opponent's. Maybe it's a physical or emotional ailment like epilepsy or bad eyesight or headaches or depression. In our highly sexualized age, there's even been speculation that it was some kind of impulsive sexual urge. The what of it, though, doesn't seem to matter to Paul. It is what it is, as they say. But it's the divine response to this thorn that's important to Paul. Instead of magically removing whatever the thorn was, God has what seems to us like a kind of a peculiar response. My grace is sufficient for you because power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you because power is made perfect in weakness. That right there, my dear friends, is the great paradox at the heart of all the great spiritual paths. Great power is only, and I mean only, found in great weakness. Which is to say, it's only in complete humility. It's only in complete surrender. It's only in recognizing our complete and utter dependence on God meaning on that power, that force that is larger than ourselves, that is larger than our own egos, that is larger than our own small selfish concerns. It's only in utter and complete dependence on that power larger than ourselves that we will experience grace. Grace that is unearned, unmerited, undeserved for sure, which is what makes it grace. Now, you've heard me say this about a hundred times. All the great spiritual teachers tell us that real transformation, real spiritual growth, real spiritual enlightenment, in other words, drawing closer to union with God, will only happen through great love or great suffering. Which is to say, through vulnerability, through openness through acknowledging what we don't know and can't know, through acknowledging, one, that we aren't perfect, and two, that we can't be our own Savior. So let me ask you a question. What's the thorn in your flesh? You got one, that's for sure. And if you're like me, you've got more than one. I asked myself that question as I sat down to write this sermon the other day, and the first word that immediately popped into my head, and I paid attention to it because it was the first word that popped into my head, the first word that popped into my head was perfectionism. That's sure a thorn in my flesh. The need to be perfect. The need to do everything right. And as my 
Family will tell you the need to always be right. The need to be flawless. Now, intellectually, I've recognized for years that perfectionism is, in fact, a grave sin. Why? Because it causes me to live with the illusion that I can be my own savior. The illusion that it's all up to me. And, of course, that's a completely frustrating illusion because we're striving for something that will never happen this side of the grave. And it separates me from God, which is the very definition of sin. But perfectionists like me nevertheless work mighty hard, usually to the point of exhaustion, to try to cover up our flaws and our weaknesses, to cover up our need for recognition, for praise, for affirmation, for affection, for esteem. Father Thomas Keating years ago observed that there are three primary emotional programs for happiness. And the pursuit of these emotional programs for happiness robs us of the experience of our true selves. The experience of our God-given selves, in other words. And these programs, these programs for emotional happiness are, one, the need for power and control, two, the need for safety and security, and three, the need for affection and esteem. You see how perfectionism so perfectly fits really into all three of those programs? And for sure into the last one, the need for affection and esteem. You know, if only I do this right, if only I do this the way it's supposed to be done, then they'll love me. It's a real weakness. And for me, though, the great paradox is that when I recognize and acknowledge this weakness, not try to hide from it or cover it up, but when I'm honest about it, it's in those moments that I am my own truest self. I can relax into God's grace. I can be okay with my imperfections. And being okay with my imperfections allows me to experience the fullness of God's love for me, a broken and flawed sinner. What's your thorn in the flesh? Is it something physical? Is it something emotional? Is it something spiritual? Whatever it is, you better name it. You better recognize it and be honest about it. If you can begin to do that, then you can begin to allow God to use that thorn to draw you deeper and deeper into the realm of grace. This is, after all, the way of the cross, isn't it? In Jesus' weakness, in Jesus' vulnerability, in his complete trustingness, Jesus found God's grace to be sufficient. It seems that God has written into the fabric of the universe the law that abundant grace goes hand in hand with complete surrender. So as you reflect this afternoon and tomorrow and the day after on your own thorn, you'll have a choice. You can fight it. You can deny it. You can run away from it. You can try to push it away. You can shake your fist at God and say, why me? Or you can take Paul's path and see your thorn as a gift from God. In humility and vulnerability, you can allow God to walk alongside you and draw you ever closer to his heart.
My dear sisters and brothers, great power, your power, will only be found in perfect weakness. If you can embrace that deep truth, you can then begin to glimpse the eternal. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website at www.stthomasmedina.org.